The following message is brought to you by New Song Church and Pastor Joshua Blunt in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. For more information on New Song, visit us online at newsongpeople.com. How are you doing this morning? Good, good to see you. Hey, a couple things. One is... Uh, make sure that you are planning to attend our guys and girls events we have coming up. Uh, the Tribe Men's event is going to be amazing. Um, it's $15. I know that may sound like a lot, but I'm telling you, you're going to eat, you can eat almost your weight in meat that night. It's going to be good. And so we're going to eat a bunch of meat and then we're going to come together and, and worship and get the meat sweats. It's going to be great. So make sure you're here. We've actually got some really fun, cool stuff planned that night, some surprises, so make sure that you, you uh, plan on attending. And then Love His is this Wednesday. Ladies, listen, if you haven't got a ticket yet, get a ticket. Make sure you get your ticket. It's going to be a great night. You are going to miss out if you don't show up. And, and us guys, if you're married, your husband's going to cover for you. We're going to babysit. We're going to do what we have to do. Guys, get your ladies there. They will be better when they come back than when you sent them off. I can tell you, it's going to be good. Get your gals there. Gals, get your pals there. Invite some gal pals to show up with you. Get people there. Buy tickets for other people. Like, do what you got to do. I'm, I'm telling you, it's going to be an incredible night. Uh, Sarah has an incredible word. She's going to be delivering for you that night on a subject that I'm, it's going to be good. Just trust me, all right? So make sure you are there. All right, if you have your Bible, go ahead and turn with me to the book of Romans chapter 5. You can get your new song app out and you can follow along with the message this morning. We're in a series right now, we started last week called Define the Relationship, and we're talking about the relationships of our life, and we're bringing healthy definition to those relationships, because every relationship in your life needs healthy definition. When you have definition, it brings clarity. It helps you to understand how to function in that relationship the right way, how to interact in, that right, in, in the correct way. And so, so last week, we started by talking about the goal of relationship because often we don't understand what the real goal of relationship is. But the goal of relationships is not your happiness. The goal of relationship, your goal in a relationship is to love like Jesus loved. And how did Jesus love? The Bible says that, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He led with love. He loved at his best when we were at our worst. And now because of Jesus, we can be empowered to love in the same way. We can love the people around us, our spouses, our, our parents, our kids, our bosses, whoever. We can love them at their best we can, or at their worst. We can be at our best because of the empowerment of Jesus inside of us helping us to do that. And here's the beautiful thing. When we do that, we experience happiness. We experience joy. We experience fulfillment and peace. All those things happen when we lead with love, when we, when we seek first the kingdom of God and do things God's ways, everything else is added unto us. So if you missed last week, I want to encourage you to make sure you go back, listen to that message. You can listen uh, on our podcast at, uh, on our website. You can listen through the app. You can listen by searching for new song people on iTunes or Android. You can also, this is really cool. We now have a YouTube page where you can actually watch the messages and we're, we're working towards a live broadcast. That's going to be coming up, but, but I would encourage you. In fact, right now, if you would go to YouTube, search new song people uh, you can also search, if, if that doesn't pop up, search New Song People, and then my name, Josh Blunt, B-L-O-U-N-T, O-U is in my name because I'm in Oklahoma, B-L-O-U-N-T, <laughs> see what I did there? So search that and, and then subscribe to it, to our, uh, to our YouTube channel, and what will happen is now on YouTube, when you go to YouTube, our messages will start popping up, you'll be able to, to kind of follow along, and you can see my pretty face any day of the week now. Tuesday, you need some, some pretty face? Boom, I'm there for you. There when you need me, all right? So make sure you do that. Today I want to talk to you about your relationship with God. And, and as we do this, I want you to think about it like that, like a relationship. Think about the relationships of your life. You know, in relationships, when you have a real relationship with somebody, you, you talk to them, you have encounters with them, you hear from them. Does that describe your relationship with God? Do you talk to God? Do you hear from God? Do you have experiences with God, encounters with God on a regular basis? Is that, is that taking place in, in your relationship with God? Another good question is, what kind of relationship does God want to have with you? 
You know, that's an important question. I don't know about you, but it's always good to know that the person I want to have a relationship wants to have a relationship with me. Like, that's a good thing. And and I'm here to tell you today that God wants to have a relationship with you. In fact, the relationship that God wants to have for you, with you, is he wants to be your friend. In fact, if you're taking notes this morning, that's my first point. God wants to be your friend. Look at what the Bible says here in Romans chapter 5, verse 10. It says, we were God's enemies. But before you made Jesus the Lord of your life, you were considered an enemy of God. You were at enmity with God. You couldn't be connected with God. You were separated from God. But look at this. But he, it's talking about God, made us his, check this out, friends. Everybody say friends. friends. We were made friends through the death of his son. Now that we are God's friends, there it is again. How much more will we be saved? Now notice that you become friends with God and, and, and this process of salvation is carried out in your life. See, when you make Jesus the Lord of your life, you're saved, but there's an ongoing process of salvation that we're working out in our life where we're beginning to live from our new spirit and put down our flesh and put down some of the things of this world. That takes place. That's a process of salvation that's taking place. We will be saved by Christ's life. In addition, our Lord Jesus Christ lets us continue to brag about God. After all, it is through Christ that we now have this restored, look at this word, relationship with God. We're talking about relationships, right? So, so when you make Jesus the Lord of your life, you come to know God and now through this relationship, you can get close to him and you can be a friend of God. Jesus said it like this in John 15, 15. He said, I no longer call you servants. Instead, I call you friends. Jesus calls you a friend. That word friend there means uh, he, he, he has a deep, close, personal, intimate relationship with you like a comrade. In fact, uh, uh, if you study this out, what it actually means is the relationship he has with you, the, the kind of friend he calls you is similar to a, a, a bride, what, her bridesmaid, what a bridesmaid is to a bride and what a groomsman is to a groom, or what a best man is to a groom. So in other words, uh, not only are you in a relationship with God, but you're close to God, and you're someone that he can count on. That's how God sees you. That's amazing. God wants to be close to you. In fact, that's my next point. God doesn't just want to be your friend. He wants to be a close friend. But the problem is, so often in our relationship with God, we settle for something far below that. We settle for just kind of whatever, you know, perception of God we can kind of have and we settle for religion and we just settle for this idea that maybe has been founded in us by the world that we live in or, and we settle, we settle for something that's far below what God really has for us. I remember when, when I first met my wife, she wasn't my wife, I didn't meet her that way, she, I met her as a person named Sarah Newsom. And when I first met her, You know how relationships work. When you meet somebody, like there's the initial attraction phase where you just kind of find somebody and you're like, oh, okay, there she is, you know? And so you you meet them and and it's like, now you want to figure out, are they interested in you? So you're kind of like, there's this little dance you're doing where it's like, hey, you know, what's up? And you're kind of trying to figure out what's going on. And then if, if, the, if the relationship is reciprocated, then it's like, okay, here we go. Well, I'm going to start getting to know you. I'm going to spend some time with you. And we're going we're gonna to hang out and we're going to build something here. We're going to see how far this thing can actually go. And I remember when I met Sarah, like getting to know her and realizing that she liked me. And then I began to kind of start pursuing her and spending time with her. And the more I spent time with her, the more I got to know her. And the more I got to know her, the more I I really felt like this was the one for me. In fact, this is going to sound super arrogant when I say this, uh, but that's just kind of where I was at the time. I remember when I first started like dating Sarah and liking Sarah, I remember thinking, uh, no, I said, uh, this sounds going to sound arrogant. Okay, hear me out. I remember thinking, I think she's about as good as me. Like, I think I found somebody that measures up with me. This is amazing. Up to that, I told you it was going to sound arrogant. Up to that point, I would date a girl and I would always feel like, you know, I think she's getting the better end of the deal here. And that was like a turnoff to me. I didn't want to be getting the better in the deal. I wanted to be getting the, like we like a bargain, right? I wanted a bargain here. I wanted me to get the deal. But with Sarah, with Sarah, I found someone that I felt like, okay, she's, she's better than me. And, and like the more I've gotten to know her, listen, she's better than me. And so then there's like this, oh, okay, I better lock this down. 
Because if she comes to her senses here, like maybe there's this spiritual coma she's in right now that I need to lock down because if she realizes she can do better than me, she might. So I locked it down and I said, let's get married because I didn't want her to get away. So I locked it down. Guys, you got to lock it down. You got a, you got a girl that's better than you. Lock that down. So I locked it down. And and, and I've continued to pursue her and, and to get to know her. And it's been this beautiful thing. But here's, here's what I want you to see. I, I defined the relationship. Like I found someone who I, I, I defined that I want to have a relationship with them. They want to have a relationship with me. And so listen, I began to pursue that. And, and, and this relationship with God is the same way. If you want a relationship with him, you've got to pursue that. But so often we just kind of settle. And we settle for something far below the, the deep, close, intimate relationship God wants. We actually, I think a lot of times we settle for an acquaintanceship with God. An acquaintance relationship. An acquaintance is a person that you know slightly, but that you don't have a close relationship with. That's what an acquaintance is. And we have acquaintance relationships with God. I have acquaintance relationships with people. And maybe your relationship with God kind of looks like one of these. Like, like for example, tomorrow I'm going to the dentist to get some work done, and I'm really pumped about it. Uh, but I'm going into the dentist. I have an acquaintance relationship with my dentist. It's a very casual, very surfacey relationship. We don't get into deep stuff when we're in the dental chair, you know. Sometimes they'll try to, and they've got some thing in your mouth that you're going, uh, 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 and you can't. There's no deep conversation that takes place when they have a two-by-four shoved in your mouth. So it doesn't get real deep. In fact, the only time I really go to the dentist, you're supposed to go every six months. Uh, yeah. I, I, it's been about every six years for me up to this point. And, you know, in between, I try to kind of follow what I'm supposed to do. I know what I'm, you know, brush, floss. Yeah, sometimes, whatever. I'm going to do that. But, but I really, like, the reason I went into the dentist the last time is because things were starting to hurt. And, and that's what happens. Like, that's how our dentist relationship can be. It's acquaintanceship. It's based on what we need. It's based on our hurts. It's based on, you know, something is painful. Something is hurting. Something stinks, right? And, and some of you, that's how your relationship is with God. You, you go to God every once in a while when things just start getting really bad. Things are painful. Something stinks. And you go to God to get, to get things kind of fixed up, but it's a very surfacey relationship. God, I'm just here because I need you to show up and fix this. And you see God as like a dentist. You just kind of have that connection with him and then you kind of go about your, your, your deal and you're gonna live your life and he's gonna do his thing and then, you know, if things get bad again, then you'll meet up with him again. Or maybe your relationship with God is like the acquaintance relationship I have with like political figures, like a congressman or a mayor or a governor or the president. You know, these are people that are kind of in my life. Like I, you know, I vote for certain ones and I am for their agendas, but I see them as, it's, it's like a long distance relationship. It's distant and they're busy and I can't really get to know them. It'd be kind of neat, but I, it's not gonna happen. They don't know me and I don't know them, but this is the relationship. And some of you, that's how God is. It's like, I'm, I'm pro God. I like his agenda, at least what I understand of it. And I, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll like a post every once in a while that kind of goes along with the God thing and but, but he's busy. He's got a lot going on. And, and I'm just me. Like he, you know, I can't have a, I can't really have a close relationship with him. Who am I to want to, to think that God would want to be just in my life? And so we, we have this kind of distant relationship with God. Or maybe, maybe your acquaintance relationship with God is similar to some of the social media relationships I have. Now, I've got friends and followers and fans on social media and, and some of them I have never met before. Like I'm connected to them through, through new song or maybe I'm connected to, to them through church networking or I'm connected with some of them through my parents' relationship. But there's no real evidence of, of real relationship with me with them. Uh, it, like if you really were to investigate, there's no pictures of us together. There's no real conversations that have taken place. And maybe that's kind of your relationship with God. It's a profile page relationship. Like, like you, if, if someone was to really investigate, there's no evidence of real relationship there. Sure, you, you know when his birthday comes around, that's great. And the big events, you're gonna, you're gonna post those and share those and like those or whatever. But, but there's not a real relationship there. See, see, we settle. If your relationship with God looks like any of these acquaintanceship relationships I'm talking about, 
you're not close to God. And listen, Jesus didn't die on the cross so that you could have that with God. He didn't die on the cross so that you could know him slightly but not be close friends with him. Jesus died on the cross so that you could have a real relationship with God. And listen, as incredible as it is, like the, the greatest way out of your league person, <laughs> Jesus is not, doesn't consider himself that way. He is interested in you and loves you and died on the cross for you while you were a mess. And he wants to be in your life. And it would be crazy for us not to pursue that, right? Yeah. And yet sometimes that's, that's kind of what we do. But we need to go after God. We need to chase after who God is and what he wants to be in our life. Jeremiah 29 verse 12 says this. Look at this. It says you. Everybody say you. you. Okay, you. Turn the person beside you and say you is you. You is you. You is me. You is us. You is we. We is you. Take this personally this morning. This is talking to us. Notice these words. You. You will seek me and find me. Okay. You will seek me and find me. God can be found if you seek him. You will seek me and find me when you, everybody say you, you. when you seek me with all of your heart. This, this verse tells us that God can be found. A relationship with God, a real relationship with God is possible, but listen, it's on you. Today, I, you need to understand, you are as close to God as you choose to be. Your relationship with God is a reflection of what you've, how you've chosen to pursue it. That's what your relationship with God looks like. So, so the good news is if you don't like where you're at, pursue God more. You can go after God in a greater way. So how do we do that? Well, I got three points for you this morning. I want to give you three things that you can do to help you to grow closer in your relationship with God. Here's number one. Make knowing God priority number one. If you want to be close to God, make knowing God priority number one. Our, our, our vision here at New Song Church, the big, the bullseye on the target, we say this all the time, is to help people know God. So try it again. Help people know God. We want to help people know God. This is so important. If you want to know God, you need to pursue God. Just like with any other relationship, if you want to have a relationship with somebody, if you, if you define a relationship and you define that that's a relationship you want, you have to pursue it, don't you? Yep. We have to go after these relationships. It's no different with the Lord. If you want a close relationship with God, you have to pursue it. Listen, God's pursued you. He's taken a thousand steps towards you. Now it's time for you to take some towards him. Look at what Paul says here in Philippians 3 verse 8. He says, yes, everything else is worthless. Everybody say worthless. worthless. I'm making you talk today because I'll make sure you're awake. It's worthless. When compared to the, notice these words, infinite value of. What is it that Paul's talking about that's everything else is worthless. This has infinite value. What is it? Look at this. Knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. Knowing God is of infinite value in your life. He says, for this sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage, so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. Notice that language of becoming one with him. That's, that speaks to intimacy. That's the same kind of language that the Bible uses when it talks about two people getting married and they become one flesh. God wants to be close to you. He wants to have a close relationship with you. Verse 10 says, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. So you can come to know God and experience God, and experience the power of God in your life. And listen, relationship is all about experiences. Like think about the relationships of your life. They are shaped by the experiences you have with people. I remember uh, the day my son Gus was born. Like it was my firstborn child, and it's a boy. Like he was a masculine child. He was born, and he was a boy, and he was almost 10 pounds. You seen my wife? She gave birth to a 10-pound baby almost. She's tougher than she looks. And, uh, and so he was born, and I remember, man, I was so proud of him. In fact, I remember they put him in the little, you know, the little glass thing that you stand behind, the like observing things, like where you, you watch the gorillas. It's kind of like that, but your baby's in there. And he's in this little bucket hanging out, and, and there was a couple other babies. And, you know, he was big. He's almost 10 pounds. And there was these other two little babies that were, uh, someone had had a twins that morning, and, you know, multiples are always a little bit smaller. And I remember looking at Gus and looking at them and thinking, Dude, my baby could totally beat up your baby. And I kind of dug that. That was cool. And, and man, I was so proud of him. And I remember holding him. And I, I, I just, I loved him from the moment I first laid eyes on him. But guess what? I love him more today than I did that day. 
Why? Because I've had experiences with him. And I've gotten to know him. I've had experiences and they've shaped my relationship with him. And I, I, I love him more today. I love his personality. I love that I can have conversations with him. I love that he's funny. I love that he gets a different kind of humor today. It's, it's awesome. Now imagine this, this with me for a minute. Imagine that the day that he was born, imagine if they just, if they just took him away. And, and every month I would get a letter that would tell me stuff about him. Just tell me like, you know, what he looks like and what, he's, what his interests are. And, and that's all I've had for the last 10 years is I've just been getting these letters once a month kind of telling me a little bit about him. And, and so I know what his eye color is. I know what his hair it looks like. And I know what he's into. And I know the kind of music he likes and the food he likes. Let me ask you something. If that's the kind of relationship I have with him, do I know him? No, I, I just know information about him. See, information about someone does not equal a revelation of who someone is. That's good right there. And, and some of us have settled for that. We just kind of have a little bit of info about God and we've settled for that. But knowing God is not about information. It's not about just learning stuff about him. It's about spending time with him and having experiences and encounters and real life spent with him. If you really want to know someone, if I want to know you or anybody else, I have to spend time with you. I have to carve out time so that I can spend time with you and, and grow to, to have experiences with you that help shape my life with you. And the more these experiences take place, the more I get to know you, the more I can grow to love you and, and know you in an incredible, more intimate, real way. That's what God wants with you. So remember what Jesus says. He said, you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. So, so the truth is you're as close to God as you want to be. And you can't blame anybody else for your relationship with God. Your relationship with God, you can't blame it on your spouse. You can't blame it on your parents. You can't blame it on your busy schedule. You're as close to God as you choose to be. So if you're not as close to God as you want to be, choose to pursue God more, to go after him more. Make knowing God priority number one. So how do you do that? Well, you make spiritual investments. Just like in a real relationship. When you have a relationship with someone, you make investments into that relationship with them, don't you? You spend time with them. You make investments. In the same way, you need to, there's spiritual investments that we can make. And when you make these, listen, here's number two. Centralize spiritual investments around relationships. Centralize your spiritual investments around relationships. This is not about information. This is not about a routine. This is not about rituals. This is about relationship. And listen, church, this is so big. God really is real. There's a real God who really wants to have a relationship with you, who really loves you and really wants to be close to you. And you're as close to him as you choose to be. The, the Bible tells us in Revelation 3.20 that God stands at the door of your life and he's knocking. And it says if you hear his voice, so not only is he knocking, he's talking. And he's saying, hey, I want to come in. Let me in. And, and the Bible says if you let him in, that he's going to come in and he's going to dine with you. He wants to spend time with you. And he wants to come in. And the Bible also talks about how he wants to make a table for you in the presence of your enemies. He wants to be there right in the middle of your mess and spending time with you, helping you, guiding you, leading you. But the reason we don't have it is because we don't open the door. Yeah. He ain't going to barge in. He has to be invited. Yeah. Are you inviting him into your life. So how do you do that? You make spiritual investments, but you do, you make these spiritual investments with relationship at the center. So let's talk about some of the spiritual investments that we make. Let's talk about three of the basic spiritual investments that we make. Let's talk about prayer, uh, Bible reading, and worship. Let's, let's start with, with reading the Bible. When I read the Bible, this is the kind of attitude you need to have. When I read the Bible, relationship with God is at the center. Reading the Bible is not about gaining information that's going to help you in life. Reading the Bible is not about it just being good for you. Does it have that in it? Absolutely. But when I'm reading the Bible, it's about connecting with the author. And it's about connecting with God. It's about really coming to know him relationally. The Bible says in John 1.1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And notice these words, and the Word was God. Listen, you can't separate God and his word. Jesus was the word made flesh. God, when you, when you read the Bible, you're gaining a revelation of who God is. God and his word are inseparable. I, I remember years ago, I got a Bible from my mom. And when she gave me this Bible, she wrote in the front of it, when you sit down to read this Bible, it's like you're sitting down to have a conversation with Jesus. Yeah. 
And that just stuck with me. I've always, when I read the Bible, I always, it's a prayer I have. Lord, I, I pray that as I sit down to read this, I get a revelation of Jesus. I get a revelation of who you are, God. And as you spend time in the word, you're getting a revelation of, of who God is, what his character is. Just like in a relationship, when you spend time with someone, you get to know what they like, what they don't like, what they're about, what they're not about. The word of God gives you insight and revelation into who God is, what he's for. And listen, he's for you. What he's against. He's against the devil who's attacking you. He's against things that want to steal, kill, and destroy you. You get a revelation, a greater revelation of that when you spend time in the word of God. So I approach, we approach the word of God from a relational standpoint with relationship at the center. When I pray, relationship with God is at the center. I centralize uh, my relationship with God at the center of my prayer life. Prayer was never meant to be a time where we just go, you know, get into a list of things that we want God to, to do for us. Prayer is really, it's about a dialogue with God. It's an opportunity for us to talk to God, and it's an opportunity, listen, for us to hear from God. Remember, Jesus said he called us close friends. Any of you guys have close friends in here today? Oh, man, okay, well, um, <laughs> might want to get in a group. <laughs> Let's try that again. Any of you have a close friend in here this morning? There. Okay, for those of you who don't, we're praying for you. And, and I really would encourage you, sign up to get into a group because you need a close friend. But in your close friends, in your relationships, I'm guessing that you talk to your friends, don't you? That you, you go have coffee with them, you go play golf with them, you go to, you know, grab lunch with them. And when you do, you talk to them. I'm also guessing that at some point they talk to you. And there's a dialogue that takes place between the two of you. We understand that that's, that's vital to relationship. If, that's, if you're not talking to someone, you're probably not friends with someone. Just so you know, okay? So this is, this is important. Listen, prayer is that. It's, it's us being able to talk to God. And it's us being able to hear from God. It's him talking to us and, and helping us. And what I want you to see this morning, what I want you to get is that this is an ongoing dialogue. This, this prayer life needs to be something that's constantly taking place in your life. In fact, the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, it says pray all the time. And maybe you've heard it said like this before, pray without ceasing. And we hear that and we kind of go, man, that's a daunting task. And the reason we think that is because of the way we process prayer. We think of prayer as folding our hands and speaking in King's James, King James English and Lord, thouest most awesomest goddess. Would you helpest me in thine tasketh today? That's not prayer. Like Jesus talks in the Bible. You see moments where people are trying to pray all eloquent and pretty. And Jesus just totally dismisses that. Jesus just wants you to talk to him like you talk to a good friend. And he wants it to be an ongoing dialogue. Sarah is my closest friend in the world. She's my best friend. And we have an ongoing dialogue that is, that is there every day. And we have times that are carved out for specific conversations, stuff like that. But, but our conversation is just open all the time. And, and we text each other and we have phone calls and we FaceTime and emails. And there's all sorts of ways that we, we stay in constant communication. And, and she has special access to my life. If I'm meeting with you and I get a phone call and it's Sarah, guess what? I'm going to step out of the meeting because she has special privilege in my life because of who she is in my life. It's an ongoing dialogue. And that's what God wants to have with you. He wants, amen doesn't mean I'm done, God, moving on. No, in fact, part of my quiet time in the morning is saying, God, I need you and I'm inviting you to speak to me all throughout the day. And as I go through the day, I stay in constant communication with God. I, I'm looking for opportunities to take little moments to, to pray and to, and to worship God and to spend time talking to him and listening to what he has to say because I, I, I need that. You know, there's times I'm in my office and I'm praying and I'm driving to, to work and I'm praying. I'm going to pick up the kids and I'm praying. There's times I'm out in the lobby and I'm praying while I'm talking to you. You've done this before. See, I have these moments sometimes where people are come out and they're, they're talking to me and they're telling me stuff and like sometimes it's heavy and they're talking to me about stuff and I'm sitting there going, uh-huh, uh-huh. And inside I'm going, oh boy, I don't know what to do here. But, I, but I, I've already opened up the dialogue with the Lord. I've already said, Lord, you come and invade my time and tell me what I need to know. And so in that moment, I'm saying, Lord, what do I say? What do I say? And I'm listening to them and hearing that. And then when they're done, I start to talk. And then a lot of times when I start to talk, all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit shows up and he starts speaking through me. And I'm talking and I'm getting all fired up because I'm saying really good stuff. But it's not me. It's the Holy Spirit inside of me. I'm about to amen myself. 
But that's what happens like when, because the, the, the dialogue is open. You can talk to God. He cares about you. And you can talk to God in a real way. When I, when I, talk, to God, when I talk to my wife, Sarah, it's not always, I'm not always trying to figure out how to talk to her in the perfect way. I just talk to her. There's times I come to her and I'm saying, man, I'm having a rough day. I'm tired. I'm worn out. I'm frustrated. And, and I don't always come to her and say, but I know that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Listen, I'm all about faith, but I'm also all about sometimes we need somebody else's help in our life. And sometimes what I need from her is I need to just kind of go, man, I'm having a tough day and allow her to speak life into me. But sometimes, you know what she does? She doesn't say anything. She just is there. And just knowing she's there does everything. And some of you, you just need to go to the Lord and say, God, this situation stinks and I don't like it. And, and I, don't, I don't have the answer. I don't, I'm, I'm looking in your, I don't really know. I know what your word says, but I'm, I just want you to know I'm, I'm frustrated. I'm aggravated. This is hard. And when you do that, the Lord will come to you and he'll, he'll speak what he needs to say in your life. And when you know the word, he'll remind you of his word, but he'll also, sometimes he'll just show up and just be there with you. You can cast your cares on the Lord. He cares for you. And it doesn't have to be perfect. Just go to God and just talk to him. It's a relationship. You guys tracking with me? Yeah. So when I pray, relationship with God is at the center. Here's, here's another one. When I worship, relationship with God is at the center. Listen, God never intended for worship to be like the, the part at the beginning of the church service where we sing a few songs to kind of warm ourselves up for the day. Like that's not what worship is. Worship is an opportunity for us to express our love and our gratitude to God, to touch God with our love. You know, in my life, think about relationships. In my life, I have a relationship with my wife. I have a relationship with my kids. I have a relationship with my family. So I express my love. I hope if you have relationships, you're expressing your love to people around you. I express my love to them. I tell my family, I love you. I'm proud of you. One of the things I tell my kids all the time, I say, if they line up every kid on the planet and I could pick one boy and two girls, I'd pick you guys every time. I tell my wife all the time, I can't believe I get to be married to you. And I don't just say that because I'm trying to be nice. I say it because I really do believe it. I'm thinking it and so I say it. I'm expressing my love and my gratitude. And we hug and we kiss in my family and we high five and we fist bump and because we express our love because we're in relationship. Listen, that's what worship is. Worship is love expressed. It's us taking a moment to express our love to God. And listen, this is incredible, okay? Everybody lean in. I wanna see you physically lean in for a moment here because I want this to be the posture of your heart right now. Here's what happens. When, when you express your love to God, listen to me, it blesses the heart of God. You minister to God through worship. Like that blows me away. That finite me can, can do something and it blesses and ministers to God? Like, that's amazing. I can do that through worship. And so can you. In fact, in the Bible, if you want to turn there, Deuteronomy chapter 10, the Bible's talking here about the Levitical priests and God's kind of establishing things at the beginning of the Bible, how things are going to work. And he's setting these people called the Levitical priests. They're from the tribe of Levi to be the worship leaders. They're the first worship leaders. And as he's setting them in, he's also establishing with them how it's going to work and what they're actually going to be able to do. Now, what's great is me and you as Christians, are, uh, we're, dis we're able to now experience and walk in what they were able to walk in through Jesus Christ, through the atonement of Jesus Christ. We now are descendants of the Levitical priests, and we're, we're the worship leaders now for God. Not, David's not the only worship leader. We're worship leaders. You're a worship leader. You can be. And, and so what we see is, in this verse, what we see is how we can operate in worship and what it actually does. Look at this with me, Deuteronomy 8, verse 10. It says, at that time, the Lord set apart the tribe of Levi. So this is these Levitical priests. Look at what they were able to do. To carry the ark of the covenant of the Lord. I'll talk more about that in a second. To stand before the Lord. I'll talk more about that in a second. Now look at this. To minister to him. They were able to minister to God and look at this, and bless in his name. Notice not bless his name, to bless in his name to this day. So let me break this down for you. First of all, it says that they carried the Ark of the Covenant. What was the Ark of the Covenant? It was, a, it was this big uh, special box that housed the presence of God. In the Old Testament, the presence of God was only in this one location. But now, because of Jesus... 
because of what he's done, me and you, guess what? You're now the house of the presence of God. Me and you get to carry the presence of God with us. And then now because of Jesus, it says that they were able to stand before God, the Levitical priests. Now because of Jesus, we can stand before God. Because of, of grace through faith, we can be made righteous. We can be a right standing with God. Our sins are washed away and we can have a relationship. We can be connected to a mighty, powerful God and stand before him. And so now we carry the presence of God. We can stand before God and we can do what they were able to do, which is minister to God in worship because that's what they were, worshipers. We can minister to God and listen, you can bless in his name. And notice what it says at the end, to this day. So this is something that still needs to be taking place to this day. And so what happens is when we begin to worship God, we begin to, to not only minister to God, but we're able to actually minister to the people around us and, and change the atmosphere of the world around us. In fact, the Bible talks about in uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6, it says that we are able to stir up the gift of God inside of us. Listen, the gift of God inside of you is the helper of the Holy Spirit. It's the presence of God. And when you begin to worship God, you're able to stir up this gift and it begins to, to inhabit and, and have encounters with the world around you. It's kind of, the best way I know how to explain is it's like those little plug-in things, those Glade plug-ins or those little scent plug-in things. You guys know what I'm talking about? You take those little things and you plug them into a power source and then what happens? What's in them begins to affect the atmosphere around them. And if you walk into a room where one of those Glade plugins is, whether you like that smell or not, you're going to have an experience with it because it's plugged into the, to power and what's in it is coming out of it. Here's what happens when you worship church. When you choose to worship God, you encounter God, you express your love to God, you plug into God. And now the gift of God inside of you, the presence of God inside of you begins to affect the atmosphere of the world wherever you are. So if you don't like the atmosphere of your home, start worshiping. If you don't like the atmosphere of your school, start worshiping. If you don't like the atmosphere of your home, worship, worship with your kids, spend time in worship and the presence of God, you'll begin to stir up the gift of God and it will affect and encounter the world around you. If you won't amen me, I'll amen myself. Amen. If you want to grow closer to God in relationship, you got to make spiritual investments with relationship at the center. And if you'll do it, man, God will show up and he'll do some amazing things. Here's number three. You want to be close to God. Here's the third thing you need to do. You got to slow down and be quiet. I almost said it like this, slow down and shut up, but I'm nicer than that. Slow down and be quiet. Psalms 40 says this, I waited patiently. I waited patiently. I waited patiently for the Lord. And he heard my cry and turned to me. I think one of the greatest hindrances to relationship is hurry. We get in a hurry. Hurry's not good for relationship. It doesn't work good in relationship. Uh, Psalms 46 verse 10 says this, it says, be still. That, that means slow down. Be still and know that I am God. In other words, slow down and you'll come to know God in a greater way. You gotta slow down. Remember, we're talking about relationship. We're talking about friendship with God, being close to God. Let me ask you, how would your close friendships look if you were always in a hurry? Like married people. How would it look if every time, guys, you're with your wife, how would it look if every time you went to talk with her, you were going, okay, I got two minutes and uh, that's all I can give you today, so... Come on, get it out. What do, you, what do you got? Go. go. Good luck with that, right? Like that is not gonna go well. And, and sometimes that's what we do with the Lord. God, I got a lot going on and uh, so I got about five minutes this morning. Go. You can, all right, if you're not gonna talk, then I guess I'll just move on. That's not a close relationship. We're treating God kind of like a butler. God doesn't wanna be your butler. And so that's why we make such a big deal out of, out of quiet time here at New Song Church of carving out some specific time that you set apart for the Lord. If you have a relationship that you care about, you're gonna carve out time for it. You're gonna make, we can't make time, but we can find time and carve out time. Some of you need to do that. Carve out some time where you just say, God, this time, the next 15 minutes, the next 30 minutes, this time is for you. And I just wanna be with you. I just want to spend some time with you. I want, to, I want to hear what you want to say to me today. And I just welcome you into my day and invite you in to speak to me and guide me. We've got to slow down. Because one of the great dangers, see, I, I really believe that hurry is a dangerous thing. 
And one of the great dangers of being in a hurry is it can lead to counterfeits. And some of you, listen, some of you, I felt like God told me this this week, some of you have bought into a counterfeit idea of relationship with God. And, but it feels like this is about as good as it can be. And so you just buy into that. I remember back in 1996, I was 16 years old. And I had been saving my money that summer. You know, when you're 16 years old, it's kind of hard to come about money. And I've been saving my money to buy these, these sunglasses, these Oakley frog skin sunglasses that I thought were, thought were so cool. I got a picture of them here this morning. That's not them. That's them. Aren't those cool? No, not so much. But in 96, you were a bad mother if you had those. And so uh, I saved up my money and I got those and I was so proud of them. And I, you know, I'm, I remember I went over to my friend's house one day and I had them, you know, on my shirt, feeling it. And I went to my friend's house and he had a friend over. So it was a friend of my friend. And my, the friend of my friend had what was called the Oakley E-wires. They were the metal version of those and they were more expensive, almost twice as much. And he had those and I was like, oh man, those are really cool. And we were kind of talking and hanging out and he was like, you know, I really like yours. And I was like, oh, thanks. And he was like, you know what? You want to trade? And I was like, oh boy. And you have those moments like, oh, this is God. And I was in such a hurry because I didn't want this to go back. I was like, deal. Because I'm thinking, this, is, this kid's an idiot. He could go get these if he wanted to. He could trade these in and have money left over. But whatever, I'm deal. And so I, I traded. And then I was sitting there and I was kind of like, you know what? I feel like I got to get out of here. Like, I don't want this guy to come to his senses and say, hey, you know what? I want to trade back. I, that was a dumb. So I was just like, after I got him, I was like, hey, I'll, I'll see you guys. I got to run. I remember getting in my car and driving off and just thinking, I totally took that guy. And I felt pretty good. Until a couple days later, I reached in my pocket, pulled out my little gray pouch that had my sunglasses in them. And as I went to pull them out, I discovered that one of the arms of my sunglasses had broken off. And so I was disappointed, but I thought, you know, these are really nice sunglasses. I'm sure there's some kind of warranty or something on them. So I went to Sunglass Hut, you know, because this is back in the, there's no, like the internet isn't what we, it is today. So you got, you got to go like physically do stuff back then. And so I thought there's probably a warranty or something. So I went in to, to, to trade, to kind of figure out what I could do. And I'm talking to the guy. I was like, yeah, you know, is there a warranty? What do I need to do? Do I need to send some paperwork in? And he said, you can take that down. He said, um, he said, I'm, I'm sorry to tell you this, man, but these are not real Oakleys. And I discovered that the Oakleys I had were not Oakleys. They were Jokeleys. They were counterfeit. And I remember going out to my car and, and sitting in the Woodland Hills Mall parking lot and being, you know, aggravated and kind of ticked off. And I, but I also remember this. I remember looking at them and, and now that I knew they were fake, I could see it. Before I was blinded to it, I wanted to believe what I wanted to believe. But now that I, I knew it, it was like, yeah, I mean, but I was in a hurry. And, and what I pray for you today is I pray that through this message that you would begin to Maybe examine the relationship you have with God. And I'm hoping that some of you are looking at it saying, going, this is not real. This is a counterfeit. And, and one of the dangers of a counterfeit is what it does to the real thing. It does damage to the real thing. And, and for some of you, the enemy has lied to you. And he's placed a counterfeit version of relationship with God in front of you. And you've bought into it and it's, it's hurting you. It's costing you. There's a story a few years ago that came out if you follow football, you probably remember this, about this football player at Notre Dame. And, and uh, it was during a, a season, Notre Dame was having a great season for like the first time in years. They were actually in the national championship hunt. And this guy was actually one of the candidates for the Heisman Trophy. And, and, and this story came out about he had this girlfriend and, and his girlfriend, he, he, had, he never met her, but he had this relationship with her. And, uh, and she had had a car wreck. And now through the car wreck, she went into the hospital and they did some testing and they discovered that she had leukemia. And then after just a few days, she died of cancer. And it was like this, this story about him. And, you know, he was right in the middle of this football season. He couldn't go see her and, and he, he couldn't have any real in, encounters with her. But he would call her and he'd talk to her on the phone. And, and they'd talk about how it would lift her spirits up. And it was kind of this really, you know, cool, neat story about this guy. And everybody's falling in love with him until it came out that it wasn't true. <laughs> And it wasn't that the guy was, was lying. It was that the girl wasn't real. She didn't exist. He was being what's called catfished. For those of you who are a little bit older, you don't know what a catfish is. It's when somebody creates a profile of someone else and it's not real. And they're trying to trick somebody else into believing it's real. 
And, and this guy, it was a guy that was catfishing him with a group of his friends and having other girls talk to him and just totally faking this whole thing. And he had bought into it. And when it all came out, it was like one of these deals where you're going, how could this guy fall for this? How could he like think that he was in love with someone who never exists? How could he think that was a real relationship? But I think some of you have been catfished by the devil. He's placed before you a false version of relationship with God. Not even really relationship, really it's religion. And you've bought into it. And you think it's real and you've put some confidence in it, but it's not real. And what it's, it's doing damage to what really is available. Church, I want you to hear me this morning. There is a real God who really does love you and wants to be close to you. He wants to be a friend. Oh, what a friend we have in Jesus. He wants to be your friend. And, and, and so my, my encouragement, don't settle for an acquaintanceship. Don't settle for an information ship. Don't, don't settle for a profile page. Don't settle for a casual relationship. Don't settle for a long distance relationship. Draw close to God. Really choose to go all in with the Lord and, and, and pursue him, go after him and make these spiritual investments with relationship at the center. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? What's the Holy Spirit saying to you today in this message? In other words, what, what do you feel like God's saying to you right now? Or in other words, what are you thinking? I pray right now that you, you sense the heart of God calling you to something greater. Even if you have a good relationship with God, I pray that you feel a, a drawing in you to go deeper and, and go after him more to pursue him more than ever before because the more you pursue him, the more you get. You're as close to God as you choose to be. Choose to be close to God. Choose to be a close friend with God. Lord, thank you so much for making this possible. Jesus, thank you that we can house the presence of God and we can have a relationship with God because of what you've done. We're so grateful for that. Thank you for your word. Thank you for prayer. Thank you for worship. Thank you for these opportunities we have to connect with you. And when we choose, we're gonna slow down and quit being in such a hurry so we can slow down so we can know you more and, and grow to know you in a greater way. Thanks for listening to this week's message from New Song Church. If you have a prayer need or would like more information about New Song, you can email info at newsongpeople.com. If you would like to partner with New Song through giving, go to www.newsongpeople.com forward slash give. And if you want to stay connected to New Song, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching for New Song People.